We are in Doctrine and Covenants section 62, and there's a couple things I want to touch on. The first one is in verse 1, it talks about the Savior being our advocate and knowing our weaknesses and how to succor us and them who are tempted. And I just recall back my parents when they came home from serving in Africa and them talking about in their homecoming address what it meant to them to be an advocate for these people in Africa to be able to go to the resources these people who didn't even have a clue that there was more that they could have that could make life better for them and that my parents could come and know the resources to access to help them get the help they needed to make life better. And I love that in tying into this because I think of that last scene in season one of The Chosen when the Lord comes to the woman at the well. And as they have this conversation in the New Testament where he's talking to the woman and says, well, hast thou said thou hast no husband? Thou has had seven, I think is what he says. And as this woman has this conversation with him and realizes this is the Savior and that he knows her and knows everything about her, that she doesn't need to hide who she is or her sins or what she's done, that he loves her. And I love that scene as she turns and starts to yell, this woman who's been at the well at a time of day when no one else will come, it's so hot because she doesn't want to be around people who have judged her. She feels less and knows her own weaknesses, turns and runs to the city proclaiming, come see a man who did tell me everything, all things, whichever I did do. And I think... The reason I love that is I love that we don't have to hide from the Savior. That truly here is a man, uh, the Son of God, who has access to and knows things we need that we don't even know. Just like these African people, that he knows how to put us in contact and access things that will make life better and make us happier. And that so touches me. I think it is amazing. He knows how to help us when we're tempted. He knows how to help us in our weaknesses. And his whole goal and desire is to make life better and easier. God exists to make life better for us. And I think that is such an amazing truth. If you turn to Alma 7 verse 12 in the footnotes, it takes us there and it says, And he will take upon him death that he may loose the bands of death which bind his people, and he will take upon him their infirmities, and his bowels will be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to their infirmities. And I love knowing that the Son of God came and suffered, lived life, suffered in the garden, all things, all weakness, all sickness, all sin, all heartache, everything so that he would know how to walk with us and comfort and help us. And that is huge to me. Okay. Um, in verse two, so what happens in this section is Joseph Smith is leaving. They've had their conference in Missouri 
and he's leaving back and Hiram and three other missionaries who were with him and it's John Murdoch, Harvey Whitlock and David Whitmer are still on their way. They've done exactly what the Lord has asked them to do. They've been teaching along the way. And so they're so shocked when they run into Joseph and they're like, wait, you've already had the conference and you're going back. And I'm sure this was kind of confusing. Like we've been teaching along the way like the Lord has asked. But I love this because he says to them in verses two and three, I have seen what you have done and you are blessed. Your testimony has been recorded in the heavens and the angels rejoice and your sins are forgiven. And I love the thought that when we do what the Lord asks, it's not about the outcome. It's not about the number of the converts. It's about us being obedient. And I love that the Lord says, I've seen it, and you did what I asked, and the angels have recorded it. And he goes on in verse 4 and tells them to go, continue. You've not yet fulfilled your mission. Go, Have a sacrament, rejoice with the members there, and then you can return. And I love in verse 5 that he says, Two is two, as seemeth you good, it mattereth not. Just he now is saying, I know I can trust you two. You can, or you four. You can go as a group. You can come two by two. It mattereth not. And then if you jump to verse eight, it says, these things remain with you to do according to judgment and the direction of the spirit. He knows he can trust these four at this point. It's obvious. You have done what I've asked. The angels have seen it. I have seen it. Do what you are directed by the Spirit. I trust you. And what an awesome thing to know that God has seen it. It doesn't matter the converts. You did what I asked. And that's what it's about. I love that. Okay. Um, in verse 6, it says... Behold, I, the Lord, have brought you together that the promise might be fulfilled, that the faithful among you should be preserved and rejoice in the land of Missouri. I, the Lord, promise the faithful and cannot lie. And I love that. He's going to fulfill this covenant he's made if they come preaching along the way that they get to come to the promised land and he cannot lie. And really, I believe that fulfillment is yet to be brought to pass. Um, They will go and rejoice with the saints, but as we know, they will be chased out of Missouri. It will be fulfilled in our day when he comes again, or when he comes again. I like to believe it's our day. I hope and pray it's our day. So I love that, that God is a God of truth and cannot lie. And then in seven, again, it's this whole, I trust you guys to make the decision because you have proven to me that you will do what I ask. And he says, and this was interesting because he says, you can ride a horse, a mule, or a chariot. And in the handbook, it tells us it's because John Murdoch was so sick and they were so worried about him. So they do end up getting a horse for John Murdoch so that he doesn't have to keep walking. Love that. Okay, and then it says in verse 9, and this is another that just goes right with it. Behold, the kingdom is yours, and lo, I am with the faithful always. The faithful, not the perfect. The faithful, those who do what I ask. Those who listen to the covenants and try to obey them. Who walk along the way and raise their voice to the wicked and the just. They don't question, they do what I've asked. I am with you always. 
And that's how we become his jewels like we talked about yesterday. And that's how he knows we are his. I love that so much. Um, I think it's just such an incredible thing. What a vision of having Joseph and Hiram meet back up. It reminds me of Alma and the sons of Mosiah. They did rejoice that they were still their brother in the, in the Lord. And that's the thought I had. How cool to meet up and be happy that um, Hiram is doing what the Lord asked and know know that. And I also love the thought that we, in the handbook, it says, um, let me find the quote. By reclaiming an erring brother, we save both him and ourselves by declaring their testimony to these people along the way. They were blessing themselves as well. Their testimonies were growing. It really didn't matter if any of those people they raised their voices to and testified to joined the church. It was about what it was doing for them. And that's true of any missionary. Um, we had a really cool experience. My husband's mother died. Um, she was diagnosed with cancer in December. Um, we had not seen her for months because of COVID and she was so worried about that. And so she was not feeling good and said something to my husband um, my husband told her to go get checked. She went into the doctor and called my husband back and it was obvious something was not right. They found out cancer was all through her body. She ended up living maybe two more weeks, three more weeks. Not a long time. But one of the cool things was after she passed, I had this distinct impression come to me. What if part of missionary work is now that she is gone and we know those spirits are on the earth, she watches your family. What if she now says that's what was different about Mitch and Aaron? She was not a member of the church and said to my husband um, before she died, I, you know I don't believe in God. And my husband and I said this before, um, said to her, that's okay, God believes in you and he, your mom will be there, and he will be there. And I had this distinct impression, what if part of missionary work is that she now gets to watch and say, oh my gosh, that's why Mitch and Aaron were different. That's why they were happy. That's why they had peace. That's what they were talking about. And I even sent a message to my kids, a text saying, be so careful in the way you live the gospel and the things you do, knowing that grandma is watching and this is part of missionary work, please make sure that what she sees makes her have a desire to come closer to God and have the missionaries teach her because of the peace and the happiness she sees that it brings you. And I love that truth in this section. In ways we do not understand, it blesses us obedience is the key in following the Lord. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know the Savior loves you.